Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey, girl. Thanks for coming. Hello, everyone, and thanks for coming. My name is Seth, and uh, well, Jamal and Stoney aren't here. Uh, I have actually invited my friend Rachel here because today we're recording our first queer film review um, that we're doing here on this podcast. Hey, Rachel. Hey, thanks for having me, Seth. Oh, you're most welcome. (laughs) Um, So I figured we would start our podcast with just a quick, you know, little question and answer so that our listeners know a little bit about you since you're new. Um, so, so how did we meet? We worked together. So, you know, that has a lot of good stories, right? Um, I don't know about good, (laughs) but we definitely bond over stories. I think misery loves company. So is there anything that you want our listening audience to know about you? Maybe like your interests? Um, I feel like I do have a personal relationship to queer films because I have one sibling, an older brother, and he came out as gay when I was pretty pretty young. And so he actually had me watching some queer films back when I was like a possibly elementary school or at least middle school, honestly. So um, watching them with you is, is, is fun and it feels like home. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. So before we get into our queer film review... Um, you know, just if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you will know my obsession with Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> and so the reason why I'm bringing that up now is because Rachel's sort of like my my sidekick in being obsessed with this movie because Rachel's also obsessed with Call Me By Your Name. Well, it's just great in so many ways. And maybe we'll bring that into this discussion a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll try to keep it to this movie, but there are things that just make queer films really work well, you know, maybe more than other categories or just the, a particular film in the queer category will just be one of the best. Definitely. And so I think we, we saw the movie a lot in theaters and we watched Call Me By Your Name at, at my apartment also a few times. And actually, while we're recording, we're drinking a peach double IPA, <laughs> which if you've seen Call Me By Your Name, then you'll understand why that's relevant to bring up now. <laughs> we're going to be doing a podcast later where I force my co-hosts, Jamal and Stoney, to watch Call Me By Your Name. But I wanted um, to ask Rachel while she's here, what is appealing to someone who identifies I guess mostly as a a straight female I mean like I said I have that personal relationship just you know I can think about people that I love or care about who are gay you know and so what their relationships are like but call me by your name especially it's really speaking to universal human feelings like desire or how it feels when you're young or maybe older and summertime and I don't know there's just so many layers that's why that one is particularly good and the music too because you also share my love for music yeah I mean the soundtrack is just beautiful matching all the moments definitely so um so I think that's enough call me by your name talk so we'll get into the main review so uh so the seattle international film festival just ended and rachel and i saw two of those 
movies that were in it. Both were queer films. So if you guys like this one, then um, you can we'll do probably do another one, another podcast about the other film at a later date. Um, even if you don't like it, this one, we're probably going to do it anyway. <laughs> so, so you better like it. <laughs> we went after work one day, um, and we went to get a nice bite to eat before. And uh, we went to a place called Mecca across the street. It's a Seattle dive bar that's been around for a while. So it's where a lot of like more local type people go. And so we had a nice meal. And then we went across the street and we went and got in line and we were uh, getting ready for the film. And, um, you know, as we were heading into the movie, I personally noticed a, a very attractive blonde man out of the corner of my eyes. And I was like, wow, he's like really hot. <laughs> and um, so that turns out that that was um, the director of the movie, A Moment in the Reeds. I almost said, call me by your name. <laughs> um, I noticed him too. And he, I think he was on all black, you know, and had very white hair and he was tall and just distinguished. So I'm like, he looks like a celebrity, you know, and I didn't know. I thought maybe he was an actor mm-hmm. or something. But yeah, his name is, I'm going to butcher it, but... <laughs> Miko Michaela? I think that's right. <laughs> so a little bit about him. He's uh, originally from Finland and um, we know where this movie is set. And in Finland, they have a required military service once you turn 18. And so once he turned 18, he didn't think that that was the right path for him. And he decided to instead flee to London where he applied and I think has um, citizenship or at least he lives there now and has for the last 10 years. So that's a little bit about the director. And um, after we do our review, we have a little bit more information to um, just to give you a little bit of um, behind the scenes or, or background information. I'm sure a lot of you haven't seen the movie. So we're going to try and give you a moment where we kind of tell you if you don't want to have the end of the movie spoiled for you, then we'll we'll try and give you a stopping point. <laughs> so now we're going to go ahead and get into, you know, talking about the film and, and what it's about. Uh, the film is a, a Finnish and Syrian love story that starts with Levy visiting his father, Juoko at their summer cabin to help to renovate the cabin so that he can sell it. So his father is played by Finnish actor Mika Melenderm. I'm gonna, we're going to butcher a lot of these names because I don't speak that language. And his father is played by Mika Melenderm and Levi is played by Jeanne Pustinen. And the, his character Levi lives in Paris and uh, is studying poetry while he defers his military service until completing his studies. So, um, so you know, that's kind of like a little bit of life imitating art, I would say. So immediately, uh, you know, we see Levy's father driving him back to the cabin, and we can and see that the relationship is not great. And in typical queer cinema fashion, Levy's father is not really accepting of his son's sexuality. Um, his father is a very tough man who expects a lot and doesn't show his emotions very much, I would say. So what Seth is kind of telling you already is there's multiple layers to this movie. 
which is the reason I like Call Me By Your Name as well. But in this one, there's kind of a... This is going on a tangent, right? <laughs> the color palette of the movie was kind of gray and stuff. I mean, I don't know what finished landscape looks like, but there was sort of a muted tone to it. And I think that was part of the mood as well. So there's just that kind of beautiful, but sort of, I don't know, somber, demure, Seth is saying, <laughs> um, visual landscape and kind of stark beauty of finished I guess, landscape. I mean, it was filmed there. And then there's some social political commentary, which is my favorite part, but we'll get into that. And then just some really hot, nice, queer, um, I don't know. Sex. (laughs) Just sex, sex, okay? (laughs) I was going to say romance. I mean, there's a bit of romance too, too. but it's just pretty steamy, yeah. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so once they get to the cabin, Levy notices that all of his mother's paintings and pictures and belongings have kind of been boxed up and kept in the garage. Um, his mother passed away in some sort of tragic event that we really, um, aren't specifically, you know, we're not really outright told, uh, what happened to her. And, um, as we kind of go through the movie, we notice that a lot of the decisions that Levy has made for his life were kind of influenced by his mother's interests and, um, sort of, you know, as a way to pay tribute to her. So you can see that there's this, this plot line that's about Levy's, I guess, coming back home and what that means. There's, there's a lot about home and then, you know, he's obviously, we don't know right away what it is, but he's got some tension with his father. I mean, that's a common theme a lot of us experience with our parents, but we find out the mother is has passed. And so there's some, I, I think Levy is still healing from that because he was, he was away studying in Paris probably when that happened. I think that's what they said. And maybe this is the first time or, you know, since then that he really had interaction with his father and his father is really still healing too. So there, I mean, that's a whole current going on in this storyline that's, you know, it's, it's running concurrent to Tarek. Is that how you say his name? I think it's like Tariq. Tariq and Levi's relationship. That's another plot line, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, So his father, you know, not thinking Levy would do a really good job of helping him at home because, you know, they they show Levy trying to help a little bit. But, you know, he's not doing things quite like his father would like. So his father has hired someone from some type of an agency to come help with the renovations. And, uh, you know, at the start of the, the movie, you know, we see Levy struggling to meet his father's standard of work and Levy is feeling dejected. So then we see a lot of his father working and Levy's like on his phone, like, I don't know, playing Tetris or something. <laughs> and, um, and so then Tariq uh, comes and he is a recent immigrant from Syria and he shows up to help with the renovations. Uh, Tariq is played by an actor named Budi Kabani, and his character Tariq studied uh, to become an architect, but as an immigrant and having trouble communicating with the people in Finland, speaking their language, he says that his options were to be a waiter or to take like a handyman type of job with an agency. 
So he's currently working this job, which he's like way too overly qualified to do, basically. And, you know, it, and it's it's because he, you know, having trouble to communicate with a lot of the people in Finland. Something I knew about Finland, um, not much, obviously, but I'd heard before that Finnish is a very difficult language to learn. And that's the language of Ikea, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Ikea, Sweden. Okay. What was I close at all? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're like right next to each other. They're all Scandinavian, but um, I don't know. I haven't really heard that about Swedish language, but I just I've heard that about Finnish, and I guess it's the grammar. Like you've more than a lot of languages. Like you gotta know all these specific rules. I think it's a pretty distinctive language. So, I mean, if you're thinking about an, an immigrant, I mean, it's hard enough to learn the language of the area, but, like, it's, like, a really extra hard language, too. And you understand. And in the movie, he's actually speaking English to Levy. So that's the that's the main language they're communicating in is English. Mm-hmm. Levy and his father speak Finnish, of course. Um, and you know, uh, you know, fin- some languages sort of relate to each other, but Finnish is very different than you know Middle Eastern languages for sure. So you know, it's 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 a hard language to learn. I I don't I can't even pronounce these actors' names and and uh, yeah. But because um, Tariq, he must know his. You know, I'm not sure what he's speaking. We hear him talking on on his phone with his family, so he knows multiple languages. It's not like you know he just comes there knowing his own his just the one country language. Um, he's educated. Yeah, definitely, he is educated. Um, so. Uh, furthering the plot, the father gets a call from someone at work and says that he needs to go take care of his business, um, which is a ways away from the cabin. So he leaves and then later calls leaving to tell him that he won't be able to return that night. Um, So, of course, this gives a chance for Levy and Tariq to get a chance to know each other more. Um, so that night, you know, they're drinking uh, all of his father's beer. Um, they're talking naked in a sauna <laughs> and um, and end up having some passionate, super gay sex. <laughs> it went on for a while and we might talk about that later because um, it it actually is specific why those scenes were in there and for how long they are. <laughs> I feel like that's a good topic to end with uh, one of our discussions. But um, so so the next morning, uh, Levy wakes up and Tariq is already outside working, you know, back to work on the the renovation. Um, at some point, Levy's father returns to the cabin and he's impressed with the amount of work that they've got done. Uh, while he was not initially pleased that his helper was Syrian and the language barrier frustrated, you know, his father to, you know, to communicate to this person that is supposed to be helping to renovate the house. Um, so he makes an effort to, uh, you know, develop a rapport with Tariq. Um, however, he does notice that there is no bed made for Tariq. So he, um, you know, aside, talks to Levy where he, you know, asks where Le- Levy, where, where did Tariq sleep? And, you know, Levy makes up some sort of excuse because you can't just say, oh, well, we had sex and he slept in my bed. <laughs> so um, so he gives an excuse and his father, you know, supposedly believes him, but, you know, sort of also gives the all knowing eye, you know, that he understands. 
I was going to mention something about the father. Um, we probably all kind of heard that rhetoric about, uh, you know, especially right now, um, when someone doesn't speak English, it's not like that person doesn't have intelligence or, or is skilled in, in something. And, you know, s- some of the immigrants around here working on farms or something, not understanding English. Well, I mean, Tariq was actually doing manual labor, but it was something he understood because of his architecture skills. But the father, because he didn't have that language communication properly, he was sort of downgrading Tariq's skills at first. He was like, oh, I don't think this person can do a good job because he can't speak the language. And, you know, that's just not true. Yeah, I mean, he even initially, the first day, he calls the agency that sent Tariq out and is like, how could you, you know, very angrily, like, how could you send this guy? He doesn't even speak Finnish, like, is, you know, very initially upset with Tariq being there. So the same thing kind of happens the next day, you know, for some reason, Levy's father has to go take care of business away and will not be returning again. Um, This time they're a little bit like, oh, you know, he was kind of suspecting the night before maybe he'll return by surprise sort of thing. Um, So instead, you know, again, they're talking, you know, they're in the sauna again. Uh, They have, you know, more hot gay sex in in length. And um, so, you know, the next morning, again, Tariq is working and Levi is in bed. However, this time he overhears uh, Tariq having a heated phone conversation. Yeah, and it's in his home language and um, Levi's kind of checking him out like, what's going on here? And afterwards, when he's off the phone and Levi goes outside, Tariq is kind of acting kind of standoffish and cold um and you know instead of talking about it he sort of blows off levy and says you know hey i need to focus on my work here i'm here to work you know eventually they you know later in the day they well to back up a little bit so part of the phone conversation you know when they're when him and levy are talking again they sort of make up and and Tariq says you know I don't want to live this double life anymore sort of referring to the conversation that he had it turns out that it was his family calling him from Syria and saying that oh that they think that they want to come move to Finland now because things aren't going well for them there and you know Tariq is not out to his family the culture there is very conservative so so it's kind of like stressing you know Tariq out basically and um so they start talk about you know how to make this new relationship work you know Levy is in you know Paris doing his um collegiate work and Tariq would still be in Finland uh Tariq says that you know let's just go have some fun we can figure it out later so they they go canoeing and they have a nice conversation um very beautiful you know surroundings there's like a a lake i think with lots of woods after that they go to like the sort of i guess you would say the central market for the cabins or or so they think but it turns out that this cabin has closed and the you know former shop owner must live nearby she walks out and is talking to him and recognizes levy as um Juoko's son and you know having you know worked at this market for you know until it closed she knew you know Levy would go in there and that sort of things so in this time 
Levy notices that his father has called him like 10 times, several times, and they begin to get worried. They're like, what's going on? Like, maybe he's back at the at the cabin. We need to go figure it out. I think this is the point in the podcast where if you don't want spoilers, you may want to not listen anymore. What, what do you think, Rachel? Well, you can maybe skip ahead because we're going to have some commentary on stuff, which is going to be interesting. So I don't know. He's trying to spoil it really soon in the podcast. So, I mean, just skip ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the after podcast talk is going to be pretty interesting, too. But, you know, I think it was I think you'll still enjoy the movie even knowing, you know, even listening to the end of this podcast. But I feel like it's only fair to give you guys a chance to turn away. Um, so we've talked about that, <laughs> that enough to give you a chance to turn away if that's what you decide. So now we're going to go ahead and move into the the race to the finish of this movie. Levy gets these calls, like so many calls, and they get into the car and they race back to the cabin. Um, his dad is there waiting for them and he is not happy. <laughs> I feel like part of the movie was sort of this pondering pace until we get to this point. Like a lot happens really quick, you know? Definitely. So his dad is mad that Tariq is not there working and getting work done as he's supposed to. His dad notices that there's not a lot of work done this time that, you know, now that he's returned again. And so he tells Tariq, I'm not paying you. I'm not going to pay you for all the work you've done for the last two days. Because he also knows that him and his his son, Levy, have been like having this relationship and most likely having sex and you know we know that Lee, that his father doesn't approve of his sexuality and he even says you know i know you didn't say it but i i'm not stupid i know what was going on so so Tariq, you know of course imaginally is mad and goes to you know grab his stuff and he's going to get out of there and uh, you know, that kind of puts Levy into like a fit and, you know, and he's, you know, initially like, oh, let me talk to him. I'll calm him down. Tariq's like, no, I don't want, I don't want you to talk to him. How can I work for him after he's, he said all these bad things about me? And so now they're like, well, where do we go from here? Basically. I mean, that's pretty much the ending, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much the ending. So at from this point, Levy's you know like, oh well, let me come with you. Like I'm gonna, I'm you know, and obviously Levy's mad because he's has feelings for Tariq. Tariq's done all this work, and his dad's refusing to pay. Um, you know, it's sort of Levy's fault, I guess, in a way for distracting him because Levy was more interested in the relationship than than uh, than you know, renovating this house clearly. And we, as we've seen through the entire movie. So, uh, Levy's like, well, let me come with you. You know, maybe you can come to Paris with me, Tariq, that sort of thing. And Tariq's just had enough. He's so frustrated. And and he says, you know, I need time to get my life in order here in Finland. You know, I need to focus on myself. And then he just sort of storms off and drives off and Levy's there who's about to storm out himself and I guess probably go back to Paris. And uh, then, you know, his father is sitting there on the couch and he tells his father, you know, you just like to push everyone away, don't you? Because, and that's some allusion to what happened with 
his mother and, and his, you know, Juoko's wife. So, you know, the father says, well, don't you think I, I don't blame myself for part of this too? So then at that point, Levy sees that his father hasn't forgotten about his mother and that sort of calms Levy down a little bit and he's at least willing to have a conversation with his father and and the movie ends. So we don't really get too much uh, finality between, you know, the father and the son or, you know, maybe somehow Tariq and Levy meet again. Maybe Levy chases after him and finds him down the road a mile. You know, <laughs> You never know. So yeah, so that's kind of the movie. So um, so hopefully you guys have enjoyed our descriptions. We try not to go to, into too much detail so that, you know, there's still some entertainment for you guys that, you know, want to watch it still. Um, so now I wanted to talk about how the movie was cast. Do you remember, do you remember how he casted the movie, Rachel? Yeah, and we know this because the director was actually there at the the film um, showing when we went there. So it was really awesome. We got to hear him answer some questions. So someone asked him, he said, or she said, um, did you purposely cast queer actors? Or, you know, what was the intention with that? And I really appreciated it. And the director said, yeah, of course. I mean... You know, these scenes had a lot of intimacy, and it really couldn't have been that way, um, you know, if they weren't queer themselves, but also because there aren't a lot of roles, you know, for queer actors. Right, and th- and that sort of contrasts with Call Me By Your Name also, which I I think some people sometimes criticize for because the the two main actors in that movie, um, Timothy Chalamet and Armie Hammer, they are both straight. So, and they're playing homosexual characters. So, uh, a lot of people criticize that movie because, for that matter, um, I personally don't really. I mean, I don't, as if the movie is done well, like I don't really care about the actors' sexualities. I do appreciate when movies like A Moment in the Reeds do, you know, cast queer actors, and you know there's something some type of a chemistry that they can bring typically that that you know heterosexual actors can't i also enjoy that you know especially with this movie that um another interesting fact the director miko he said that he wanted to make this movie to fill a void in queer cinema in finland because there was you know no queer movies coming out of that country and he said you know even last year there's no queer movies coming out of that country except for three and and this movie was one of them so yeah seth is just segueing into this major topic here about um you know the director was saying okay this film a lot of it is political social commentary for his homeland because there hadn't been queer films i mean so i'm like kind of felt privileged watching this and hearing him talk about the project you know Definitely. It was really awesome to have the director there because we got a lot of information, you know, in the Q&A after the movie that I, that made the movie so much more deeper and, and made me appreciate the movie so much more. You know, this movie, he said he didn't 
not only did he want it to be about queer characters and queer stories, but he also wanted it to be a commentary because, you know, I think he said around 2015, there was a lot of immigration into Europe um, from, I don't know if it was specifically from Syria or Middle Eastern company, uh, countries, not companies. <laughs> countries so and, and the, he said the highest concentration of immigrants ended up in finland so this was also a commentary on that as well which is why he had the syrian character Tariq, and the language barrier so it's kind of to show the experience that these people probably had when coming to finland in, in this my this immigration wave in 2015 so it's actually huge for both levy and Tariq because levy being finnish i mean there's not a lot of representation for that and then for a Syrian immigrant not a lot of queer representation for that either I mean on all for both sides of this relationship it's like huge you know there that was another theme going through it was them being able to express themselves and there was just this this comparison because Levy felt he had to leave Finland to go to France to be able to feel free and Tariq came from Syria and came to Finland and felt free so that was interesting and also just to you know reiterate that this is happening now they they do both talk about using social media applications to meet gentlemen (laughs) um you know well you know what they met them for (laughs) but you know for for Tariq when moving to, to Finland and then for Levy when he moved to France so so there's also a little bit of discussion about that in the movie as well but the other interesting thing was that the I thought the the movie itself was initially cast over a Facebook post and so was one of the actors actually came as a result of that kind of missed that comment the father father. yeah do you remember about Levy and Tariq so so I remember, I forget exactly the circumstance, but it's something to the effect of, um, so there was this post, the social media post, and I think one of the parents of an actor, um, or of a, their, their son was going to um, school at a local acting college. And so the woman asked if they could advertise the casting there. So that's, I think, where they got at least Levy, but I think also the the character that played Tariq as well. They were both actors in um, in, in that school or, or um, something, to, <laughs> something close to that. I'm sort of like, it's, it's happened like three weeks ago, maybe. So I'm, I'm a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> the other thing I remember is they only had like 12 members on the production team or something. It was very small and it was pretty much a new experience for all of them. So the actors and people on the production team and stuff. And so I think you do get that feeling, kind of like a raw feeling from how it's filmed and how they're acting, but also it's contained and kind of real. Yeah, definitely. And and initially cuz you know the movie starts and the mo- the camera was very shaky. It was almost, you know, documentary style. And I was like, you know, I was trying to figure out like why you know, is this just low budget? Is the person filming this not doing a good job? <laughs> but, you know, as the movie goes on, it's the movie is very much about human interaction, you know, so this style was really just to you know to amplify the the vibe of the movie and i thought it was really beneficial to the movie that the way they taped it where it, you know made everything just seem like you 
the viewer were in the movie kind of there with the characters. So I thought I, I really enjoyed that as well. Also, um, the sound was really interesting. One of the things that really stood with me was that during scenes where there was, you know, a lot of happy things happening between Levy and Tariq, there was, you know, very, like, very stylized, like, I mean, it wasn't like happy music, though. It was like, I don't, how would you describe it? How would you describe the music, like, kind of in those scenes, Rachel? I'd say you didn't feel exactly comfortable or really happy you know in a lot of movies or you just want to live there they just, they just make you all warm and happy or something or there's moments where it feels that way and this I never really got there exactly but it felt important and so I'd say the music was just it it's not like it was really eerie but it was going in that direction sometimes it just didn't feel quite right and you knew that the moment literally moment in the reeds um it didn't feel really stable definitely not it was like i want to say it's almost sort of like a um a like the um what was the movie the facebook movie about um what was the about the creator of facebook i don't remember what the social network there we go (laughs) so it was sort of like had that sort of vibe like the soundtrack for that was done by um trent reznor from nine inch nails so it sort of like to me had that sort of feel during and it was it was I think it happened only most only twice during these like really happy moments and they show you know Tariq and Levy you know walking through the reeds you know enjoying life together being romantic with each other so it definitely was a great you know aspect to to you know encompass with this movie to to give some difference between just you know regular moments you know just casual moments in the movie and then when there's you know this love feeling it kind of gives you a turbulent feeling which is you know clearly not a (laughs) not a good movie or not a happy ending I should say there's not a happy ending here so so I thought that was interesting and the movie it really is a moment in the reeds it's about these two guys that meet by happenstance and they spend a few days you know kind of falling in love uh or maybe not love per se but having strong feelings for each other and wanting to continue those feelings however they aren't allowed to be together the there's uh too much going on in in Tariq's life and with Levy he um you know his he's dealing with his the the relationship between his parents and the not necessarily happy ending there also so this movie I think I thought it was really good at the time I really enjoyed it a lot and I would I would recommend it what about you Rachel so we were able to vote on it um for a people's choice award type thing for SIF but I did four stars at that time because I just didn't have, you know, a good idea. I thought I probably should see more SIF movies before I really vote on this, but I'd almost, I don't know, like four and a half, almost five, just because, I mean, I think it was really well written, honestly. Um, I was going to mention this earlier. Um, there are things about Levy that you like, and then you see where he's not quite right, or something, you know, sometimes about, you're like, okay, he's not being very nice. Same thing with Tariq. The father, it's mainly, okay, he's being a dick, but then at the end, you know, he's like pretty broken up about his wife. So, I mean, there's a lot going on there, but like, if you have writing like that with that complexity, um, 
I don't know. I'd say it's pretty good. Like we're in four star, five star range. And also just because of the social commentary. I mean, the reason I'm saying that is because the director himself is like, I'm just going to say it now. Someone asked about the lengthy sex scenes and he's like, you know, honestly, I put them in there like really long and exaggerated because there was not a lot of that in Finland. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to put it in there. It was like, it was like a political commentary almost for, for Finland, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we can enjoy it for the queer erotica, but at the same time, he's like actually putting out that product to be like, this is queer sex on film. Yeah, they definitely, did, there a lot was shown. <laughs> um, I mean, you saw, saw some butts. I mean, you didn't really see a penis, but <laughs> but there was like a couple moments where you're like, maybe I'm going to see a penis. <laughs> oh my God. But. Um, I mean, I'm just saying it was like really hot i mean okay i guess i guess you'd call it soft core because you're not yeah you're not seeing the details right i mean so it's still what pg-13 i guess but i mean it's just you know if i took like any average straight romance that had sex in it i mean this was even better than that because it was i mean there we're talking long and like that's what i always want i want like really good plot with really good sex scenes you know <laughs> whereas like you know compared to call me by your name there were you know a couple of sex scenes in that movie but they were very purposefully not shown in as great of detail as in a moment in the reeds was you know and also it was interesting because well not maybe it's not interesting but just to know just to say it you know in this movie levy and Tariq are both versatile in their sex scenes so there so it's not it's not just it's just not just um Tariq who i guess you would maybe classify as the more masculine one um so it's not just him as you know a top and and uh, so there is a, a balance between roles between levy and Tariq well, that's kind of nice on multiple levels. I mean, I think that's pretty realistic in some ways. And then, I don't know, you tell me, Seth. But anyway, um, but also because of what their characters are representing, you know, the two worlds kind of coming together. And then there's like this balance. I mean, there's a tension, but a balance too. They have a lot in common, but they're almost opposite. I mean, if that's possible, you can be so the same but also like you're you know the one is like had to leave finland the other one came to finland there's a lot of layers to this movie um you know there's we can go into every detail about this movie otherwise we you know would have a much longer podcast i'm you know we're about 45 minutes now and i didn't think it would necessarily go this long but i'm i'm not mad that it did you know it's important to talk about queer cinema and um, I'm happy that I have like sort of a partner in crime here with uh, with Rachel. She re- I want I would say she's indulging me, but I think she enjoys it as much as I do. I was the one that showed you moment in the read, so I'm taking credit for that. She did. She was the one that picked this movie. Um, I'm sometimes kind of lazy about making plans, so Rachel took the spearhead on this one. Okay, if you know Seth, you know that's not true. He's like, "Do you want to go to the show?" And I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> I don't know, maybe I just feel like I'm lazy sometimes, but um, but I was glad that she found this movie because I really enjoyed it, and it's definitely a movie I would like to watch again in the future. 
you know, actually, Rachel also picked the other movie we saw. Uh, it's called My Big Gay Italian Wedding. And obviously, it's about a queer wedding in Italy. Um, it starts in Berlin, Germany. Um, so Rachel had two good picks for the second movie. We almost saw, um, a different movie, but it was between two different movies and Rachel picked my big gay Italian wedding. So I'm really glad she did. We'll have to do that podcast for the other one, but it was definitely a different tone, which is awesome too. I mean, I don't know. I, I get critical or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I think that some people maybe approach queer film like from from the outside of the community and they're just like oh this is this one good movie I like it like Brokeback Mountain or something I don't know but what I always like is when you're when you're talking about something in a minority and you see the variety in it you know that breaks stereotypes and stuff and you're just like okay these people are experiencing something you can connect with and there's different so much going on I mean uh, my big gay Italian wedding is just like I don't know. I won't say polar opposite, but it's a lot. It's more lighthearted for sure than Moment in the Reeds. Definitely. A Moment in the Reeds is more of a uh, not it's not basic, but it's like more stripped. It's it's very like, you know, there's three actors in the movie and it's there's not a lot of changes in, in the scenery. And so it's very, you know, raw. Whereas my big gay Italian wedding is in, well, in a different country, but also it's more of a comedy movie, uh, which was awesome. And and it has some pretty famous um, Italian actors in that too. So, so if you guys liked this review, please let us know, email us at TFC pod. Um, Rachel won't be checking them, but (laughs) the emails, but if you do have questions for her or anything for her, feel free to email us and I will let her know. And uh, until then, uh, you know, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you found us initially and leave comments, um, email us if you have any questions about the movie, email us if you um, just have any questions in general and until Monday when we have a new episode about RuPaul's Drag Race for you. Bye. (laughs) Bye guys.